welcome to episode 201 of the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing today? What an absolute delight it is to have you here. Here's a big hug. Here's that weird hug, hug, snap, snap thing they did in 8 Mile. Hug, hug, clap, clap, whatever it was. It was dope anyway, and I can't do it by myself, but you know what I'm talking about. Joining me on the podcast, it's K today to the T, KB. Hey! Hey! Where's where was that energy hey. last week? Hey! Yeah. See. Um. Yeah. Because I was nervous. It was like nervous energy. I didn't want to be like, you know me. I'm like a very bubbly personality with raging social anxiety. Sure. It was a big pod, and I didn't want to be like. I didn't want people to be like, Jesus Christ, calm down. So I was like, hey. And I just had the opposite. So now I'm very aware. So I'm just here bringing the energy. Every single hey, every single introduction. You've got me. I'm here. Let's go. Well, you know the intro that I did for the show last week? Did you you hear it all edited and finalised? No. No. Okay. Well, that is dramatic and taking it too far. Believe me. Oh, okay. Did you re-edit it? I did, um, and I added some... What, did you re-record it? No, 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 no. I just, um, I, I put some reverb, I added a bit of a score. It was... It oh, was my gosh. Like... What, and then, what, and now, and then you literally introduced me, and I'm like, hey. Basically, it was like, basically, the Avengers score, and then... Brilliant, and then I, I just then come went, in, like... Hello. It was like you came out right, of a portal at the end of Endgame, and then you were like, hey... Sup guys. <laughs> so basically I'm Spider-Man on the roof. Like that's that's what it is. It's like big running scene, and then there's like, hey guys, can I come? Yeah. Like in that in just not in that fantastic way. Um so basically what I didn't want to happen happened because I didn't want it to happen. Yeah. Isn't it just, fun how social anxiety works? Just imagine that bit in Endgame at like the portals, everyone's coming out, Thanos is there, they're all coming out one by one, it's amazing. Like you didn't know they were going to happen, and like everyone came out all together. And then you just come out of the back going, "Hey guys, hey, hey, what's hey, going on, guys? Hey guys. What's oh, going I'm on? Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we re-record it? Because I just wanted it to be lovely, and then and then my social anxiety made it happen. The thing that I didn't want to happen. So yeah. just um, yeah, just, just when you get a chance to go back and have a listen, it's quite funny. It's quite funny. Is it, is it going to be funny for me? Oh, oh you'll love it. You'll love it. You'll love it. <laughs> is it funny? Is it funny to everyone else just but me? <laughs> oh, but I'm sure you've done a, a peak job at editing, to be fair. You always do. I thought I'd try for the 200th, you know? Yeah. 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 Had to give it a go. Um, Miles Thompson. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. How is one? I'm good, thank you, sir. I had a couple of friends down this weekend, and it was nice to catch up with them. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about games once again for another week. I wonder what on earth you'll be talking about this week. Mm. Oh, gee, I I wonder what could possibly have come out this week to be discussed. I wonder. And all the way from Warhammer Fest, it's your dog. Hello, good evening. Hello, bud. How's your day been? Sounds epic. It was a pretty damn amazing day. My legs hate me, but my brain does not. Uh, Warhammer Fest was great. Um, I had a lovely time walking around and looking at all the like the models on offer. I ended up chatting with a few people who were in tournaments and stuff. I was talking to the cosplayers and for like half an hour to an hour just chatting about... Uh, their their costumes, how long they made made to take them, what they were made out of, and just Warhammer in general. It was really cool. 
some really awesome people I met there. Um, yeah, I, I had a wonderful day. I can't really describe it any other way. I had a really cool day. I got a massive smile on my face. Ah. And I can't get rid of it because I, I don't really want to get rid of it either. But like, it's rare that happens with me, and I, I'm really happy that it happened. It was I had a great time. Oh, you're good. That's so cool. It, it was awesome. really cool. <laughs> uh, like I, I ended up sitting in like the auditorium and uh, for the. Um, the preview they gave some of the old world stuff. So like people who play Total War Warhammer, they're bringing that time frame back to tabletop or similar time frame because they ended mm. that like five to seven years ago now. Um, so that was really intriguing. Um, and yeah, just it, it's really cool seeing what a community can do when they're able to have an event like this to really pull everyone from all facets of the community together. And like the the creativity, the the effort you see from all the everything they've put together, whether it be models or cosplay um, or dioramas or all sorts, it's impressive, and you can't help but put a smile on your face with it. It's really cool. That's great, man. I'm glad you had such a good day. Yeah, I did your wallet. Thank you. Did you come out with uh, any cool I didn't... stuff? Uh, I didn't actually buy anything. There were a couple of event exclusive models. Um, there was specifically a Commissar and something for Age of Sigma, which I don't collect. But it wouldn't have fit any of my armies. And it would have been 21 quid for one model. So, uh, I mean, I like GW stuff, but I even I balked at that price. So I didn't end up buying anything. Um, but my best mate, he ended up buying the Commissar um, for his Imperial Guard slash... Astra Militarum army. Um, and he bought a couple of other bits. So I didn't personally, um, but my, my best mate did. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's good then. So you still got your money and you had a great weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will inevitably end up buying some Warhammer at some point. Uh, because third party places you get like 20% off compared to buying it from Games Workshop directly. So I'd rather just save the 20% and get like another model or something instead. Mm. But uh, yeah, the everything else uh, other than the prices was pretty damn awesome. Great, great stuff. And I'm really happy for you. Really happy you had such a good time. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, right, now let's get to Game of the Week. Uh, let's go from the top. KB, your Game of the Week. Uh, my Game of the Week is a cute little cozy game called Mail Time. Um, I've had that on this. What? What? I oh played God. cozy game. Oh my gosh. Yes, I played cozy game. Um, I played cozy game to get cozy. I actually played it last week, but it was embargoed. So um I couldn't actually talk about it. So <laughs> um uh but uh but yeah, so I actually smashed out all in one day, which was very satisfying. Um it's a very short game, so and that proves that because I smashed it all out in one day. And essentially it's it's a really cute little cozy game where you are a male scout and you are like it's your first day on the job as a male scout and this like little cute little character just wants to be like the best male scout alive really um and it's the first day so you're kind of being shown the ropes and you have to go and deliver mail um to all these people but like your first task is to deliver um mail to someone called greg 
and nobody knows where Greg is in the village. So whilst you're trying to find Greg, you're kind of coming across different mail that you need to deliver, different errands. People have different, um, like, just situations that they, they want you to help with and support with. Um, it's a very lovely game in, like, visuals. It's like cottagecore, cosy adventure, loveliness. Um, and it's very colourful and it's very whimsical and you can like have a little glider and there's, there's no like, it's a, it's a very accessible game because A, it's really short, B, it's quite easy to play um, and C, there's no like timed like stuff so it's not like you have to deliver this in the next three minutes or you'll fail this task. It literally is like you can just like fumble around and like look at all the stuff and essentially the the like environment that you live in is like a big forest with different like biomes and so there's like a little bit of a swamp there's a little bit of like a flower field it's all just very lovely however like I said I have my eye on it for a long time it's kind of my utmost street how <laughs> bless this game this it's a very lovely game at heart but the technical difficulties the screen tearing was god awful i lost my save about an hour and a half in and had to redo my save i don't know what why or how i lost my save um yeah the screen tearing was just yuck um there was just bits and bobs like technically where i was like this is a lovely game but for this short i don't think i don't think i could have put up with it 12 hours it like the game runs at around three and a half four hours maybe if you're kind of like I mean, I also added an hour and a half onto that, so maybe three hours. Um, and it was a, it was lovely just at heart, and it's a great game, and it will be a great game if it gets patched. Um, but at the moment, it has various technical difficulties, which will hurt your eyes. I honestly felt at one point I was in a rave. Like there is so much screen tearing. I feel like either the 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 little forest is having an earthquake or I'm having a rave. I can't, I can't work out which one. Um, so yeah, and then I lost my... And anything that makes me lose my save it just gives me, like, the angries because it's happened a few times and it just takes me back to, like, that. Oh, now I have to play this for two hours again, like, and do everything that I want to do and um, do everything that I don't want to do all over again. Um, because it takes the joy out of it, man. It takes the joy when you've got on like an hour and a half, you're kind of having a nice time, and then it just disappears, and you're like, fuck the fuck, dude. I spent 40 hours, 40 hours, I felt like 40 hours, but 40 hours like making my little character. He has like a cute little toad head. Um, you know, you can do the color of his little backpack, the color of his glider, you know, whether it's like a little envelope glider or a little like just, just, just very cute, and then it's all gone. All gone for like, poor little toad character, dead in the water, rip, no no memorial, no, no like just oh anywho, that's mail time. It's very lovely, but it is a bit patchy. So maybe hold off a couple of weeks, maybe see how it is. But if you do need a cook game, it'll work really wonderfully on Switch. It's such a Switch game. I play it on PC. It might it might be a little bit more um quality on the Switch. But um, it would make a very, very, oh, um, at the moment, it's only out on PC, but it will be coming to Nintendo Switch and PlayStation very soon. Um, but I think it will make a lovely Switch game. It is, like, set up for Switch, I reckon. Um, yeah. 
that's that's mail time. Uh, no you way. can catch my review on that right now on fingerguns.net. You sure can. It's been there for ages. <laughs> it totally live has. On, live on the website. So go check it out. It totally has. Go <laughs> check it out. Uh, thank you, Cap. That's mail time available That's on PC. Right. Yeah, that if, every, everything every time I look at the game, I'm like, it's a Switch game. Why is it not on Switch yet? Come on, guys. Yeah, it's such a Switch game. It's such a Switch game. You can imagine like little nook, little like beanbag or little like moon love seat thing, like some fairy lights, like a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. and playing mail time. And it is like the perfect game for that. It just needs to like sort itself out a little bit. But it's a mm-hmm. lovely game if you feel accessible and you want a slow paced, non threatening game. With all the other cozy sims that you've got on the Switch, yes, oh. <laughs> yeah, cozy sim day. Have a cozy sim day, and if you do want something that you can like start and finish in the same day, that's your game. There you go, perfect. Um, Miles Thompson, what on earth could be your game of the week this week? Well, Roscoe, I know it's going to come up later as part of our discussions in the podcast. So, should I discuss it now or should I discuss it later? Because I do have another game I can talk about for game of the week. Um, I would like your initial opinions, please. Okay, I will give you my initial opinions. So, my game of the week is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Hello there. No freaking way, man. I know, we are so shocked and surprised. Who'd have thought that I'd be playing a Star Wars game when it comes out? You crazy nerf herder. I know. <laughs> uh, the problem is, Roscoe, we've seen a bit of the discourse around this, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Mm. So, I'm going to lay out my opinion of this. It's quite straightforward, really. This is a really good game, to the point where it would absolutely be a game of the year contender if it wasn't a broken state. <laughs> and oh, unfortunately, man. it really is. So, in terms of like the gameplay style, it's very much Fallen Order, but just imagine it three times bigger in almost every aspect. So, I've played about five to six hours so far, and I've been to two different planets, the skyboxes are just ridiculous. This game is really gorgeous in terms of like the design and Respawn just understands Star Wars. Like they know what the fans want. They know what they love about this universe and they just absolutely nail it with everything that they do with it. Um, and the combat is very similar, um, but it's been kind of refined in a couple of ways so far. And it's been expanded in terms of a couple of the powers that you can get and the different kind of styles you can use with the lightsabers and whatever. I'm trying not to say too much because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who does want to go into it fresh. Um, but the biggest change is that in Fallen Order, there were like these semi kind of open world, like little areas, basically. And although they were relatively big and you could explore a little bit, they weren't like expansive. One area that I'm in, in Survivor, is probably the same size as like three or four of the areas in the first game. This place is fucking huge. Um, And it's in a good way. It's not that kind of like there's loads of space and nothing to do. There's lots of areas to go down. There's lots of locked things that you'll have to come back to once you've acquired different abilities and powers. Um, And exploring is genuinely exciting. Like you just don't know what you're going to find going down any avenue, even if the rewards are expected. It's just what you're going to run into, what room are you going to come across, or what kind of enemy you're going to have to fight, that kind of thing. Um, so on the basis of the actual gameplay and the story so far, this game is really fantastic. I'm having an awesome time with it. But fuck me, is this game a mess? <laughs> so the first time I loaded it up, I was like, how have I not installed a patch if I missed something? Because everything was blurred and textures were kind of popping in and out 
like everywhere there was like this weird shimmering effect with the lighting where it almost looks like there's a stream or running water where there isn't because there's like odd shimmering effects everywhere um and the screen tearing typically you see screen tearing in like the middle of your screen and you can see it like visibly occurring but I've had screen tearing occurring at the edges of my screen as well, like vertically down the side. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that in a game before. I don't know what's going on there. And then I restarted the game and then it fixed itself. And I was like, okay, maybe I just had a bit of bad luck with that install or launch or whatever. And then I booted it back up today and it was a mess. Like I had texture pop in out of my ears. Like I couldn't even see like five meters ahead of me before things were just randomly popping in. Um, I've not had any of the audio glitches other people have reported where like the cutscenes will be like someone will go to say something and it will just repeat that initial sound like 20 times before it actually kicks off the audio properly. Um, and I've not had any crashes like the game is playable. I think I want to make that point of like on PS5 it seems like it is playable and you can enjoy this but your immersion is going to be broken constantly because like textures go really smooth like really noticeably things will be popping in and out i had a cliff face start wobbling like it wasn't meant to be wobbling it was quite clear it was just this weird visual glitch where it looked like it was like blowing it was so strange um and the saddest thing about this is that if they'd have released this game in like three months time when they'd have had chance to just iron all of this out we'd be talking about game of the year contender and it's not going to be discussed like that now because too many people are going to be unhappy with how it performs and that makes me really sad because Respawn have put a lot of work into this making into making this like a fantastic sequel. And it's just been thoroughly undermined because I think EA have probably pushed this out the door as quickly as possible so as to not clash with Zelda and at the expense of the game actually being in the best state possible because it plays well. It's an awesome actual game, but it's just broken. And that makes me really sad because I want to love it. Every part of me really, really loves it. But goddamn, if you can, wait a couple of months. Once it's patched, this will be the game to play. But they need to fix it first. Indeed, that seems to be the consensus on the internet right now. Yeah, um, I think P- PS5 is a bit better. And 48 gigabytes. Oh my god, the install is so fucking huge. It took me like four hours to install it. It's 148 gigabytes and it's still broken as fuck. I, I just... ah. Oh. You know, I don't get it. I yep. understand on PC because they've got to make essentially one game work for 910 different PC variations. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that sounds tough. I'm not going to defend them, but it sounds like making a game of this scale for PC sounds like a massive pain in the ass. Yeah. And yeah, it is going to be janky on certain uh, on certain builds because that's just going to be how the way it is. Um, And so, yeah, but consoles... Come on. Come on. Come on. It's just one build. Just, just come I mean? on. <laughs> just come on. Come on. Um, do you think do you think Clash of Zelda is the catalyst then for this? I think EA have kind of wanted to get this out the door now. So because I think Zelda is going to be based on the previews, it's going to be the game that everyone's expecting it to be. And I do suspect EA had put this deadline and said, we really don't want to clash with that if we push it too far back you know, it's a problem. And if we only push it a couple of weeks back, we are right in the midst of Zelda, which is a problem. So I think they just said, screw it. Because there's no way, like like with Cyberpunk, for example, there's no way that the QA testers haven't found all of these problems. Like, it's very abundant across different platforms, across multiple different players. Um, and EA's response to it has been really poor because they've just said, 
we're really sorry that some PC players are having problems. And I'm like, hang on. <laughs> it's not just some PC players. It's basically all of them. And it's console players too, to a lesser extent, but even so. And so they've kind of just been like, we're going to fix it. Sorry, you paid money for it. We're not going to refund you because we don't care. Uh, yeah, thanks. And see you later. Um, so it's it's a real shame. But yeah, I think they've just tried to get this out as quickly as possible. But I think from my experience, if you want to play it now, you can and you will have a good time on PS5. I can't speak for the others, but the PC version from everything I've seen is just atrocious. Like even max low settings, like putting everything to the lowest possible settings. People weren't even getting 60 FPS with like rigs that you can barely buy commercially. Like they're such good rigs and they couldn't even get 60 FPS, which is awful for like a PC build of a game. Um, and it's even in performance mode on PS5, there's a lot of frame dropping all over the place. Like you won't be having a consistently smooth experience at all. Um, and I switched it to visual mode and it made no difference. Like the graphics are exactly the same in visual mode. You just drop like half the FPS immediately. So mm. yeah, play it in performance mode. You're not losing anything. I think some of the problem with the PC version is, I mean, it's still not great on all the graphics cards, but comparative to their performance, it's it's better than the 40 series. It really seems to struggle with 40 series graphics cards in particular. Mm. Like these should be easily playing it, but the, these cards are ridiculous. The amount of performance they have is particularly the 4090. And yet people are reporting massive issues with it with 40 series cards. So I'd imagine they get that fixed fairly quickly, but it's extremely disappointing, really. Yeah. They bought all this hugely expensive hardware, like a 4090 is about 1800 quid uh, alone, never mind the entirety of the other rig around it. And you can't even get 60 FPS out of it. Yeah, it's mm. bad. <laughs> Can you imagine buying a 4090 and still having issues? Oh. That, would drive, that would drive me completely insane. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. I think I've watched uh, Skillup's review, which I think is probably like the most in-depth discussion about this. And I think it's well worth watching it if you're deciding whether to get it or not. But he was saying that on his research, he found that it's using like 30% of like your CPU or something and that it's taken up like and a frankly like insane amount of ram just to run like even basic sections of the game and it just smacks of like this game has not been optimized from the download like size of it on playstation or console to just the way it's making your pc work it's quite clear that like this is not like a finished optimized product it's a finished game but actually making it playable on these kind of hardwares and whatever just isn't there and I think that's the biggest shame of it because this would probably only take two, three months to sort out and they've just not given that time. And yeah, I think that's going to scupper it when it comes to the end of the year discussions, unfortunately. Yeah, we'll get into it more later. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot to get into in, in regards to the discourse and what's happened around this game uh, because of that. But uh, very interesting. It is sitting on my PS5 awaiting to be played, um, but I'm currently not playing it. Um, I'm going to wait a little bit, I think, before jumping in. Sensible decision. Uh, because I think once it's done, it's going to look stunning. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it in all its glory. But, yeah, I'm in no rush right now. Uh, Yug Dog, what is your game of the week, sir? 
my game of the week is Warhammer. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> my game of the week is a game which isn't out for the public yet, but will be in a couple of days and all reviews and stuff have been released. Uh, I think my review for it will be out tomorrow. Sage of Wonders 4. So I can talk about it. It's a really cool 4X uh, where you start with a wizard or a champion, uh, basically. You choose what war of magic you want to go in, whether it's astral or shadow or chaos, etc. Um, so you you spec your wizard, you spec what race you've come from, what type of society they have. So a particular favorite of mine was uh, astral toadkin, which was pretty interesting. There's a lot of archetypes which aren't generally in this sort of game, even in the fantasy ones. Um. And you start with a city, you start exploring like locations around the city, which generally have like relics uh, or new units you can recruit and so on. In. Um, you'll encounter other wizards and eventually you need to beat all of them or ally with them to actually win. It's a really cool game. Um, it's not quite on the same level as the issues that a lot of people have had with Jedi Survivor, but I have had issues with the stability of the game. So as good as the game is, and it's a really good game, it's really well made, it looks good, it feels great, the mechanics are well put together, the balance is a bit askew, but the big downside, at least for me in the preview version, has been I've been having issues with crashes and the AI basically soft-locking the game. It's their turn. I can't progress because they don't do anything. So I have run into issues, um, which I guess I can tie into the Jedi Survivor stuff later on when we're talking about games having issues. But the, the core gameplay loop is really, really good. Um, I really, I mean, I, I heavily recommend going and picking up the game when it releases. Hopefully it doesn't have crash issues. Uh, I have read a few other reviews and like people have had a few crashes, but nowhere near the same of mine. So maybe it was just my computer configuration because uh, it is a bit of an older one at this stage. But uh, yeah, Age of Wonders 4 is great. I do recommend heavily that people pick it up, but there is a bit of an asterisk against it. Oh, gaming in 2023. Don't you love it? It's great, isn't it? <laughs> I'll buy a game. Oh, wait, it only works like 75%. Oh, not even 75% of the time with Jedi Survivor. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, it, I think you can tell that a lot of companies have divested their QA testing teams or really slimmed them down, unfortunately. May the force be with you eventually, one day, when we badge it. <laughs> Indeed, we'll get yeah. Uh, what's my game of the week? My game of the week, finally, is um, Horizon Forbidden West, The Burning Shores. Um, I've finally um, been able to sit down and check out the DLC with Aloy. And oh my goodness me, I was skeptical at first when they said this was PS5 only. I was hoping it would be because I wanted to see what it would do. But I was like, hmm, that does leave out a massive... Uh, group of people that can't play this game but i'm so glad they did this game is absolutely freaking gorgeous and it's probably the best looking game on the console hands down in terms of pure just vistas and massive open worlds that feel alive and just it's wonderful to look at and it's wonderful to play it feels very 
smooth 60 frames per second just running like an absolute dream um it's finished which is nice thank you very much for finishing the game i appreciate that um there has been you know some uh some i think they've patched out a couple of issues already so again you know holding off from release date was maybe a wise thing to do for myself um it's just wonderful um it's not very long i've i'm not finished it yet but i'm getting very very close i think um it's about 16 pounds isn't it so yeah it's not a massive expansion but it's great. It's just more Horizon. It's more Horizon for the West, particularly, which I think is the important thing because you're on beaches and you're on these gorgeous Hollywood vistas and you get to thumb it around the Hollywood Hills on your sun wing. Um, you got your water wing, which takes you down and up and everywhere as well. Um, it's just a it's just a wonderful piece of work, to be honest. Um, I'm really happy with it. And I can't wait to see what this great big spider tentacle thing brings me at the end. Um, I'm fearing it. But I'm going to take it on anyway because I'm Aloy and that's what I do because I'm a motherfucking badass bitch. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, I highly recommend The Burning Shores if you've got into Forbidden West at all. Um, dumb question, I know. But uh, dumb thing to say, I know. But, you know, it's just more Forbidden West and that's perfectly fine with me. Um, so, yeah, having a great time with it. Also played a bit of Zool Redimensioned, um, which I'm currently reviewing. Um, that'll be up on the site. Uh, the middle of May, I've got a nice sort of like spread of a mug for that one. So, yeah, no rush on that one, but that's uh, that's going to be fun. It's fun to play through again. I haven't played Zool since I was about five years old, so it's been nice to play through that again. So yeah, it's been nice, and also I'm also in a closed beta that I can't talk about, uh, which I can't say anything about. So I'm, I'm afraid, I'm afraid the podcast is going to have to go wanting on that one. But it's very exciting. I'll DM um, you after after the podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll tell you off. I'll, I'll tell you off the record after the podcast. That's no problem. But um, yeah, I can't say it on the pod. That's what I'm saying. Um, all right then, let's get into the quiz. And after last week's absolute monster, um, let's hope it's a little more tamed this week. But you never know. You I, never I can can't. tell. I've got a fun question. Am I if, if I'm allowed to ask it first? Yeah, of course, over it. Um, what was the last? Uh, in what year was the last PlayStation Vita game released? I mean, officially, or are we doing limited run and that, that and that as well? Yeah, yeah, limited run stuff. Like I'm going off of Wikipedia here. So the last year that a game was released and it showed on Wikipedia, 2021. Mm-hmm. Miles? Mm, 2020. Cat? Uh, 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 2019. Ooh, Ross is closest. It's 2022. There's only mm. one game, but there was one game released in 2022. Oh. Uh, what was the game? I can't remember it. It was some oh. obscure <laughs> Japanese game. Um... But yeah, the, there was quite a few released in 21, actually. Again, most of them were like J- games which were released in Japan. Um, but I'm guessing it's all decently well enough over there. It, it, there's still a bit of a, an ecosystem for it. But uh, yeah, there was one game released in 2022. Hmm. Damn. Well, there you go. You know, I... So, I I don't know how I got on the page of the day, but I just started looking and thought, you know, that'd be a fun <laughs> question to ask. You went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I do that quite a lot. <laughs> it's a good cool question, to be fair. 
Okie dokes. Are we ready for a slightly more, uh, I guess, return to normal type of quiz as much as they are normal? <laughs> uh, yes, let's do that. Good. There's just the 10 questions this time, not the 25, 50, however many there were last time. Are we ready? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. I have Question. my emotes ready. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> don't take this to me, young. Question number one. Which Sonic game was released in 2005 and featured a non-Sonic protagonist? Oh, Yogg. Shadow the Hedgehog? Correct. Son of a bitch! <laughs> yes! I can't believe it! I only know that because my brother played the hell out of it on Xbox. I only I know was... one thing. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Ross. <laughs> Don't worry, next week's is going to be ten questions about Mario, Ross. You're fine. All right, screw you. Oh, I'll go. screw ah. myself. Oh, I'm, right. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, I always wanted to play Shadow of the Hedgehog and just never did. I used to always see it in like HMV or Blockbuster or whatever, and then just never managed to buy it. It so. is, it is something that is for sure. <laughs> it looked like an experience. It certainly was an experience. <laughs> uh, question number two: The Legend of Zelda franchise had a Dynasty Warriors esque inspired spin-off that was called what? Roscoe. High Rule Warriors. You are correct. Well done, sir. Question number three. Released on PC in 2013 and on console in 2014, this horror game has you navigate a psychiatric hospital using a video camera with night vision. What's the name of it? Roscoe! Outlast. It is indeed Outlast. Yeah, it sounds... Also knew that one. I'm just so tired. <laughs> I've got a <laughs> bash on the head. I've got five seconds delay. Wait, what? Sorry? <laughs> Mine froze there. I just like I'm putting my hand up. I'm always like second or third in the queue, but I actually know the answers. <laughs> it's so frustrating when that happens. Of like you know them, but you just don't quite get the hand up first. Yeah. Question number four: Who is the final boss of the original Crash Bandicoot game? Yog. Oh God! Uh, it's Doctor Cortex. Ah, uh, what's his full name? I need the full name. <laughs> Castle. Hell no! Nope. No, is that, not that his, was not it. Is that a nice full name? Not full name. No, don't, don't, don't be stolen now. Uh, three. No, two, I don't know his full name. Oh, you were close, Yog. You were close. Go on, Cap. Neocortex. Yeah, it is Neocortex. Sorry, Yog. You were I close. thought you were going to like fuck, fuck me up there because I like, know that he has like a weird middle name. Um, and I just couldn't remember what it was. This is like the third time I've had a question stole from me by Cat now. No, 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 because like Ross has done it to me a couple of times when I was first starting out. Like it was like it's like initiation. I loved it. I loved every second of it, but it was like, such banter. But now I get to do it to someone else because I know things. Yay! Such grudges <laughs> for me. Then I don't know things, and then I can still have points. Ah, <laughs> mm. oh, all the grudges are forming now. Uh, question number five: In which shark-themed game is Chris Parnell the narrator? Ross. Man eater? It is indeed man eater, sir. Well done. All right. 
I like this quiz. <laughs> You're doing very well in it. Quiz so we knew because. <laughs> uh, what, sorry? Uh, I got. Oh, sorry. Do you get points just because you know the answer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because you successfully got the answer, do you get a point? Yes. Question number six. In this 2013 indie game, you control two children characters or child characters at the same time using both analog sticks, one for each character. What is the game? Oh, Cat. no. Oh. Sorry, you went quiet there. What? You went quiet there. Sorry, what was your answer? Um, It's called like um, Brothers something, A, a Tale of Two Sons. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah. Well Gonna say I wouldn't have accepted brothers, but you got the rest, so good job. You know when you got something oh. on the tip of your tongue and like <laughs> oh I was like, I know this one, I know this one. It's right there, but not quite. Question number seven. In which video game can you fight Morgan Freeman as an optional boss battle? <gasps> Yog. Is it wanted? It might be, but that's not the answer I have. It's wanted weapons of fate or something like that. I'll tell you what, if that is awesome. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. wait I'm, I'm just checking your answer day. first. Uh, uh, I don't know. Let's see if he's in it. Google suggests no. However, I think in the movie he's in it, so maybe yeah, that's, that's where that's it's come thinking up. <laughs> um, Ross, your hand is up next. No, it wasn't. It was me. It was definitely fucking me. The order Kat. says Roscoe. Okay, all right. The order for mine said Roscoe. So go ahead, Gat. Thank you, Ross. I appreciate you. Sorry. Um, it is South Park. It's a South Park game, the fractured butthole one, because you were up at like two weeks ago roast dinner. <laughs> well remembered. Thank you. <laughs> See, I, I, thought you, you. I thought you were going to say the first one. I was going to be like, nope. <laughs> a little bit of insider information going on there. <laughs> yeah, we were bringing it up. It was just because we were talking about like how disgusting it is, like how I, we can't believe they got away with the difficulty thing. Yeah, the difficulty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck, they get away with everything. Yeah, that was quite a ballsy one. I remember starting the game and being like, "Wow, they are not going in like mild at all." <laughs> well, uh, South, Park, South Park allow it because they take the piss out of everything rather than just a certain group. Yes, yeah, yeah they're all in. It's all fair game. Question number eight. In which game was the Arbiter first introduced as a playable character? Yog. Halo 2. Correct. Oh, well done. Crap, I was not on the screen. I was so <laughs> over the screen. Oh, <laughs> a Sonic answer and a Halo answer. Oh, it's that's, that's tough. You've got so, all the other answers but the ones I expected you to get. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Rookie mistake. Oh, as soon as at the arbiter, I was like, rush back to the screen. Oh, so I, think, I, I, I think it's, I think I'm going to be last in this quiz, but I got the two questions. Yeah, you got some the two Ross questions on it. <laughs> uh, question number nine: If I was a detective in 1940s America who worked in the pro- traffic homicide vice and arson departments, people have their hands up, so I'm going to go straight to it. Yog. L.A. Noir. It is indeed L.A. Noir. Well done. I could have been dangerous because I, I could have said who my... was the character. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was like worried you would say because as soon as I heard 1940, I was like, "That's Eleanor." But if I put my hand up and he goes, 
was the protagonist called? <laughs> I was like, fuck. Like, what were the two characters called? I'd have been like, fuck. But considering you did what is the game, it, it, if the swindled us. If the answer was anything other than L.A. Noir, I would have yeah, been truly fucked. <laughs> but I, like, I thought, you know what? It's worth the risk. <laughs> it was worth the risk, and it paid off for you. I was tempted to put it as the protagonist, but no one ever really remembers his name. Um. Oh, Roscoe, do you want a spiritual point for remembering his name? I was going to say, isn't... His name is Cole Phelps. Well done. Yeah, is it Phelps? Yeah. yeah and he's an point. asshole. I, I forgot his first name. I forgot his first name. He is a real name. asshole. Like, for a protagonist. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, I don't want to alarm you all, but we have a three-way tie currently for the winner. <gasps> so we have a decider oh on gosh. our hands. So, question A lot of ties 10. in your quizzes. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm gonna take that as it's a good sign. That it's yeah, like it, a it's well a good balanced. sign. It means that like your your yeah your your quiz is balanced. <laughs> Question number ten: Who does Trevor kill when he's first introduced in Grand Theft Auto Five? As a hint, they're from a Grand Theft Auto Four DLC. Roscoe, it's a dude from the Lost and Damned, isn't it? Yes. What's his name? I don't know his fucking name. Come on, what's his name, Roscoe? I don't know his fucking name. Oh, Roscoe, what's his name? The Lost and Down. I think the Lost and Down was in the DLC for Grand Theft Auto 4, and it was really, really good. And I can't remember to know he was in a biker gang, and he was called something from the Lost and Down. He's an old dude. Yeah. Oh, uh, what was his name? He was an old man. He got, he got beaten <laughs> to death by. He got beaten to death by Trevor. The very start. I feel of the like game. just give, just give it, just give it to Ross. I'm going to get it. To I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I remember his name. I've played like, it. <laughs> like, like I've played everything. Oh my god, his name was his name was his name was his name was Johnny. Yeah. What's his name was name? Johnny. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> his name was Johnny Clippets. Oh like <laughs> It actually is. It's Johnny, yeah, Johnny Clebbets. Oh, I thought it said Johnny Rabbits. I was like, uh okay. I kind of wish he was called Johnny Rabbits, to be honest. Yeah. I am going to give that to you, Roscoe, just for the pure amount of energy and effort you put that. Into was like, that. Oh. that was like a World Cup of like, they're going to pass it, they're going to shoot, they're going to pass it, they're going to shoot, and then they're going to finally come in, and they're going to do it. Oh, they're going to win the goal. And then he shoots, and then he scores. So, so ju- just for controversy, because this seems to happen, um, I got told I had a limited time on my question earlier. <laughs> you did. But there the was. thing is, but the thing is, you didn't know the answer. He knew still, the answer. I still could have had time to guess. <laughs> you did have time to guess. I could if have had more time. Won. I could have had more time. You could have had more time. You could have had more time, but you didn't. I'm kidding. I love you. <laughs> this is what these quizzes are like, unfortunately. I'm just a bad quiz master. So in this case, I was just enjoying Roscoe sweating over the answer for. Some... Hey, listen, hey, listen, York, we're joints, It ain't bad. It ain't bad, my dude. <laughs> it was a good tiebreaker. I did enjoy it. However, I am going to declare Roscoe the winner, and Yog was waiting to be the winner, but Roscoe, you clinched it. Well done, sir. I feel bad now. <laughs> you don't need to feel bad. It's fine. I'm the adjudicator. It's on me. I'm really proud of myself. It, it, now. It, I feel like shit. It was just it was just my turn to court controversy, considering that <laughs> someone has to do it each week. So I thought I would make myself the designated controversial person. We can't yeah. just have a smooth quiz. Like I would actually feel a little bit disappointed if I got to the end of a quiz and I hadn't been like caught out on something. Like there's gotta be something that I do wrong in the quiz, you know? Exactly. Indeed. Yeah. It's just how it's gotta be. 
However, Roscoe, you are the winner with four points. Cat and Yog, you both had three points. Ross, you also had a spiritual point as well. So I've got to say, that was a really close quiz. I enjoyed that. Well done. Very good stuff. Thank you very much, Mars. You're most welcome. Lovely stuff. Um, rather, before we go on, this week is the last week to get all the games in the PlayStation Plus collection. Now, we have PS5. The PS Plus collection is going away. Um, you may have remembered it from the very start of the PS5 time. They had like, what was it? 15, 20 games that you could just download um, from the PS4. Um, this is the last week you can do that because they're getting rid of it because they've now got, of course, PlayStation Plus Premium and they don't really need it anymore. So make sure you get all of those games this week. You can claim them all and you can keep them all. So make sure you do that before they go away. That is uh, some consumer advice there for you. We don't do that very often, but, you know, has to be done sometimes. And that includes Batman, Battlefield 1, Bloodborne, Call of Duty, Crash, uh, Days Gone, Detroit, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy 4, 15, 15, uh, God of War, Infamous, Second Son, Monster Hunter, Mortal Kombat, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil, Biohazard, The Last of Us, The Last Guardian, and Until Dawn. So, excellent games. If you haven't played them, make sure you get them. You can have them for free and keep them for your entire life. There you go. How about that? Not bad at all. Um, all right, then, let's get into the news. And unfortunately, we've got to start yet again with Microsoft and Activision. Da, 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 da. And the very latest is, unfortunately, this is the biggest news of the week, whether, however we want to spit it. The UK regulator has blocked Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. The regulator has found the merger would lessen competition in cloud gaming. Microsoft says it will appeal the decision. I'm not going to read all of it. There's a lot to go through, but I'm reading from BGC, Mr. Andy Robinson. Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. That's a, that's a very nice, very nice sentence. Has been blocked by the UK's Competition and Market Authority. After months of investigation, the regulator published its final report on the 69 billion deal on Wednesday and said it had prevented it over concerns. It would alter the future of the fast-growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduce innovation and test choice for UK gamers over the years to come. The decision is the most significant yet in Microsoft's battle to get the acquisition over the line. The UK regulator is seen as one of the most influential in deciding the deal's fate alongside the EU and the US. In the US, the Federal Trade Commission is suing Microsoft in a bid to block the deal over competition concerns. The EU is still investigating. Microsoft have confirmed it will appeal the CMA's decision. The UK regulator wrote, the CMA has prevented Microsoft's proposed purchase of Activision over the concerns the deal would alter the future of the fast-growing cloud gaming market, leading to reduced innovation and less choice for UK gamers in the years to come. Microsoft have a strong position in cloud gaming services, and the evidence available to CMA showed that Microsoft would find it commercially beneficial to make Activision's games exclusive for its own cloud gaming service. Right, um, it goes on from there. You can read, I'll put the description, uh, I'll put the uh, article in the description as well, I'm going to say. Um, so yeah, that's where we are. And it seems to be all about cloud gaming, which I know not a lot of people really use all that much yet, and are probably going to use a little bit less in the future, particularly Activision Pacific games, um, in my opinion, anyway. Um, Kat, are you shocked? Are you surprised? What do you think about this about this news? Um, I'm surprised, really, because we have a, a government in tatters, yet we seem to care about video games. <laughs> <laughs> um, the important but, thing is no, they're taken care shocked. of. Though. 
yeah, the important thing, the priority is here. Um, I am surprised. I got a little bit lost in like kind of what this means for like the the bigger picture in regards to like what this means for everybody involved. But like I remember, like obviously when it when these broke, everybody was like, "Holy fucking shit, lol." Um. So- <laughs> it's interesting to me it's interesting to me that that would happen and it's concerns would you know it's just it's strange isn't it because there are so many monopolies going ahead and there's so many it's it, I do wonder what if I don't know what if what, would this be the same if Sony did it I don't know it's very strange it's very like it's interesting isn't it it's like we have we have a governing body that's like yeah we control like trade and and community and uh, competition and markets um and for something to tip the scales like that is obviously like i guess in a sense in a backhanded compliment goes in microsoft's favor in a sense of saying like for you to do this you would you would tilt the markets in your favor quite significantly um and it's really funny that like the UK has noped it. I don't know why. I think that was really surprising to me because I think that, like, it was one of those things I don't think we ever really expected to have a say. It was one of those things that was going to happen in America because Activision's American company. Microsoft is American also. So for the fact that, that the UK to just, like, exploding kittens note card it, it's very funny to me. I don't know why. It just it very much is. And for it to be, like, an EU matter now, I don't know. I just find it really funny. I hope... I. I don't know what I want from it. I don't know. It's just it's very awkward, isn't it? Led to a lot of a lot of I guess um, conglomerates being very silent for the last couple of months. I wonder if they knew this was happening, and this is why there has been so much silence, and they had to try and sort it out before it broke. It's interesting, isn't it? Because they're, they're essentially saying. Well, hang on a minute, you can buy the little ones, but you can't buy the big ones. Like we need to give lots and lots of choice to other people, but then like there is such a thing of it being really fucking aggravating that you can watch a show, but you might not be able to watch it on Amazon, but you can watch some of it on Hulu and then you can watch the other seasons on Netflix. Like if it turns into that kind of shit, like in five years' time, that's more annoying than it being heavy handed for Microsoft. Does that make sense? Uh, I think Ross might be muted. Maybe you want to okay. oh, Ross? Sorry, I was yeah, going, yes, yes, sense? it does make sense. Um, no, what? it does, yeah. Um, it's it's a very, very strange call to base it all on cloud gaming, though. I yes, mean, I mean, like, if, like cloud weird. gaming isn't really hugely relevant in the UK, I don't think. It's not something that's massively, like, it is, you know, it's accessible and it, it's it's something that we use. But I wouldn't say it's like the be all and end all of gaming. It really isn't. It really isn't. No. Um, no. I, I use it at work, but that's it. Yeah, that's the only work. time that that's the only time I ever know of someone using cloud gaming is you and Chris at work. Yeah. Going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I log into my staff. You know, when I'm in the staff room and I've or when I've clocked off, but I need to stay over shift. I play Fortnite on my phone. What do you fucking do, that? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not. Like, and now the UK are like, nope, nope. No, that's too um, big. That no, that's too. No, no, Microsoft will no, have the monopoly. You can't be going playing cards on your Xboxy cloud gaming. So this is the this, this is the thing. Strange. This is the, the most important thing to me, Miles. If you're a serious cod gamer, are you playing it on the cloud? 
Fuck no. No. <laughs> Absolutely bloody not. The lag is bad enough as it is. That's the biggest thing for me. It was like, COD is COD, you know? It's all about its fast pace. It's all about inputs, latency being absolutely demolished. Who's playing COD on the cloud? No people one. Just, yeah, just people who just want to have a bad time, basically. You just want to have a really bad time, you play COD on the cloud. Hmm. Yeah, what do you think about this? So, I've got a couple of theories about it, and one of them is one, which is that Activision Blizzard have been avoiding paying tax in the UK for a long time. Um, and I wonder if part of this decision is slightly like a middle finger up at them, like, oh, you want to get this deal and have it benefit in the UK when you've not paid tax here? And I think they've even benefited, because it's like a, in this country, if you like make video games um and apply for like the remit or whatever you can actually get funding for it or like a tax break for it or something and there was a report i saw a little while ago that basically said activision paid no tax in the uk and was actually given tax money because they'd applied for this remit even though they're like a multi-billion dollar company or whatever so part of me wonders if that's like a part of this as it's the uk kind of hitting back and being like mm, you've not really paid your way or given us anything why are we going to give you this um but I also think the cloud element is kind of the the technical caveat that the UK and Sony have probably played on because they know that just arguing Call of Duty and Candy Crush being there increases their market share. It does, but you can make any shooter you want. Like you can't, it's very semantic that one. With the cloud streaming, Sony doesn't have an answer to the cloud streaming of what Microsoft has available. And it is actually kind of a fair point because the cloud space is a very upcoming, innovative kind of market at the moment. And basically what the CMA have argued is that if Microsoft get all of this capability immediately, there's no scope for anyone else to actually even become a rival. And that's what they're kind of suggesting is that there has to be the scope that somebody could be a viable alternative. And that would not be the case if they acquire this as well. Which I think is kind of a valid point, but it is funny that of all the things that we've talked about about this merger, it's cloud gaming that scuppered Microsoft on it. Um, I do think, though, that Microsoft could quite easily say, well, we'll just cancel our partnership with like NVIDIA's cloud gaming or, you know, we'll make sure that whatever it is, is the platform becomes available to people and Sony games can be played on it or something like that. I don't know. But I feel like they can quite easily adjust the deal to make sure that that would then fit within those regulations in some way. So I don't think this is going to end the possibility of this merger. I think it's just going to delay it quite substantially. I think from Sony's perspective, they're just probably laughing. They found this little loophole. They've managed to accentuate it enough that the CMA have said, fair enough, we're just going to block them then. And even if it still manages to go through in a year's time, Sony can say, well, you've had to spend an extra X amount of millions fighting this in court and whatever. And it expense and cost yourself and we'll just put out some games in the meantime and take advantage so that we can build up our own platform while you're waiting for that to happen um i, I also just find it really interesting that microsoft response was so scathing because if their appeal works it then gets sent back to the cma to reconsider and they basically spent the last week trashing the cma and the uk government which is going to be really funny if they do win their appeal. It comes back to the CMA and CMA are like, hmm, well, you kind of insulted us a lot and you didn't take it very gracefully. So we're just not going to reverse our decision. Yeah. It's a very interesting place that they've put themselves in by being so aggressive with how they've responded to like the announcement. 
I'm just finding it quite funny at this stage that these companies and these organizations are just wrangling about the most random things. And I don't really care either way. I kind of just want this to resolve regardless. Like, I don't care if Activision does go through and get merged or if it doesn't. But it's just so stupid how long this is being dragged out for and how much dirty laundry is being aired to everybody really unnecessarily. And now the UK government's being called, like, trash by Microsoft. It's just, you kind of have to laugh at it, otherwise you'd cry. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it's absolutely absurd. I mean, what was it, Activision called it the darkest day in 40 years of Britain? Yeah. I mean, Britain is closed for business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, like, not the day where Boris Johnson has shot COVID, shot the whole of the UK, shot everything effective mm. immediately. Not that day for everybody who people lost their jobs basically overnight. The fucking time where we were like, nope to Activision. Fuck not the um, not, like, not the. Not, imagine not thinking. The, not the July seventh bombing. Or... I was going to say it's no, really not that day. But I was going to the July seventh. Not the Scotland school shooting. Nah, nah. Not, not the Ariana Grande bombing. No, no, this is yeah, the worst no, day no. Britain has the had. The time where we said, but like that's so funny, isn't it? Considering the ego that Activision have, where they have like this, this air of just, just ego swinging, um, and the audacity of like, yeah, we're gonna like bribe people to not tell our stories about how we sexually assault women and how we have all this bullying and all this really toxic culture, and now we're going to compare ourselves to literal terrorism. Because that's how amazing we are. Fuck off, Activision. <laughs> Take a fucking... And you know what? I say this with love. Take a fucking bandicoot. Shove up your ass. Like, <laughs> I, you know, if you're going to compare, you know, shit, like a... Like a, like a, oh, like a never mind. <laughs> that's it's just, like... It's so insulting. Like, know your audience, first and foremost. Like, you are a developing company with not a very good reputation at the moment. You have no scope to be comparing yourselves as the darkest day in Britain or the EU or Europe when we have just had a global pandemic. Look at yourselves in the mirror. People are shocked. People are disappointed. And people's confidence in technology in the UK has been severely shaken. It's so hyperbolic. Like, imagine. <laughs> and the worst thing about this is because it's been delayed by like a minimum of nine months, Bobby Cotter gets to sit in his role for longer. And that's what kind of makes me even more upset by it. <laughs> that's the funniest thing. It's just that, you know, this, this is at this point, it's just like, okay, this is hilarious now. How is this? Let's issue an apology. Um, like to issue an apology to Crash Bandicoot and Crash Bandicoot only. You shouldn't be anywhere near Activision's ass. I'm um, sorry I said that. It was out of hate. And I love you so much, Sandicoot. And we love um, you, Toys for Bob. Bring me a lot of joy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Toys for Bob. I pray down to you. I'm just very sorry for the people uh, that manage you. It's not you. It's them. I love you. Um, Activision or your overlords, Toys for Bob. Really <laughs> yeah, is. very sorry. Yeah, very sorry to Toys for Bob. And uh, I said that out of haste. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's not you. It's your parents, and uh, yeah. they're the problem. It's them. They're the problem. It's them. Yeah. Um, Yog Dog, this merger has a expiration date of like eighteenth, after which Axi could walk away with their company still intact at a three billion termination fee. Um, do you see it reaching that far, or are Microsoft going to extend it? Because this now they're appealing. This could go into twenty twenty four. 
I don't know, but give me ten percent of the fee, I'd be quite happy. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um the whole thing has just been a bit of a farce, really, it feels like. Um both Microsoft and Sony have been in trouble for monopolistic practices in the past, particularly Microsoft. There's been several lawsuits, I believe, just to do with like Internet Explorer. Never mind, like, like other more important stuff. Um, so they've been known for, I think, thirty years or so, possibly even more than that. That. Like they will exploit any monopolies they have to their own benefit. Um and Sony aren't exactly free of stuff either. I wanna say it's in uh, I think it was like radio equipment and like cameras 15, 20 years ago and stuff. They've had issues with you know abusing monopolies as well. In regards to this case specifically, though. Um, it is kind of crazy that the UK have uh, not given their blessing. I understand why. Um, like cloud gaming, I can see it becoming pretty important in the future, but I still think there's too many people who, even if they've got a fast internet connection a lot of the time, it's not necessarily stable enough for cloud gaming. Like I, I, I'm with BT. Um, I should have really fast internet, but like I get limited on my speeds quite a lot. It drops quite a lot, and in a single player game, that's fine. But in like cloud gaming, even a single player game is going to be affected by it. So, um, it's interesting they've gone down that route. Uh. And I suppose it does make sense from the perspective, like uh, Miles and Kat mentioned. Um, it, it, it is a worthwhile reason. It's just, I'm not sure how important cloud gaming is going to be in the next five, 10 years. Until everyone's got rock solid, reliable internet, it's, it's going to be a bit of a question. Even if it, in practice, doesn't affect the product because you know a lot of people's internet will go back up instantly i know i'd be hesitant to even try the product out in the first place if i know i'm having internet issues here and there. so um yeah it's it's gonna be interesting to see how the case develops obviously the main people are going to benefit out of it so lawyers and so on um they're going to make a whole lot of money and like worst case Scenario for Activision Blizzard, they're uh, up three billion. Uh, so, like, I'm I'm not sure they'll be too sad either way. Um, no. I think some of the other criticism that gets leveled is so both uh, both parties are known for buying up developers in the last four or five years now. Uh, I do feel there is a difference between the two, though. Where so Sony ends up buying generally developers they've worked with quite a lot, and those developers will not necessarily make the games exclusive to PlayStation, although some of them have, 
but they do work quite closely with Sony. And they're generally individual studios. It's not a big publishing group, like say Bethesda for Microsoft and all the IPs and developers which fall under Bethesda. It's just one individual studio. Often, like I said, they've worked with them closely. Whereas if you look at Microsoft, um, you so they bought Bethesda, um, they've bought a few other studios, so they, they're not necessarily uh, under a big publisher. But now they want to get Activision Blizzard as well. Uh, I do feel it's different. I feel like Sony nurtures a lot of their game studios and doesn't necessarily buy them at the peak of their success and will develop them into producing uh, extremely good games. And we've seen uh, the the products of many of these studios, like Housemark, um, uh, like, um, crap, what's the name? I should know the names of these. I want to say Media Molecule or Studio, no, Studio London and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think they've got about 15 developers now. Um, stuff like Insomniac and so on. Uh, so that's a fair chunk of studios. Uh, Microsoft has uh, quite a few studios as well, especially since acquiring Bethesda. But they don't necessarily buy reason and nurture them. And it doesn't feel like, even with all the purchases they've made, that much has come out. So uh, I think from a gamer's perspective, they probably have a bit more goodwill it did had more must-have exclusives in the last three, four years or so. It feels like Microsoft's really gone quiet on that front. Uh, so it just feels like, yeah, they're buying all this, but it's not like we get much out of them buying these developers. And I know it takes years for games to be made, but, you know, uh, it could have been something which was already in development and they just made sure it got finished well and uh, eventually released. So I do feel like uh, Sony have built up a bit of goodwill with a lot of gamers because of the quality and the strength of the games they've released in the last few years. Uh, I feel like Microsoft has been a little bit lacking in that department. And I think people are getting tired of them not having any must-have games recently. I know they're still doing like Forza Motorsport and Forza Horizon. Um but like I, off the top of my head, can't think of any other big releases that I've had in the last few years. Admittedly, my finger isn't quite as on the pulse as I think anyone else here. But I don't, I can't think of any must-have uh, Microsoft games. A lot of them are continuing ones like Minecraft, Sea of Thieves. But these what are you released a long time to ago. Say about grounded man, come on. <laughs> Uh, and Halo Infinite wasn't a massive shit show, just a bit of a just a little one. Didn't Halo Infinite had a really rough launch? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, fair. I mean, to be fair, it's not like Halo Infinite is the only game that's had a rough launch recently. Pretty much every bloody AAA, and not even just AAA, like. The amount of strategy games, which aren't exactly the biggest 
genre out there that I've played recently and I've had massive issues both before and during launch. It's kind of nuts. Um, I, I guess it's becoming increasingly hard to produce... I mean, this ties into our next topic, I think, anyway. It's becoming increasingly hard to actually produce games to an acceptable level of stability for launch. Um it feels like I'm guessing because there's so many varied and weird and wonderful hardware combinations, and the particularly for graphics cards, the capabilities between a card from five years ago and now have never been so different. So, I guess that has some bearing. I'm not sure. It's uh, yeah, Halo Infinite and so on is not the only game to have had a buff launch, but it certainly didn't help it. Mm. Um, that is an extraordinary segue into our next topic, mm. which is, of course, Star Wars. Yes, it is. Jedi Fallen Order, which has come out, and it's a great big partnership. No, it's not. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just uh, not doing what it should. Um, Respawn have apologized for the state of Star Wars Jedi Survivor on PC. This is Jordan Middle over at VGC. Yep, I only went to VGC today. Respawn have apologized for the launch state of Star Wars Jedi Survivor on PC. Quote, we are aware that Star Wars Jedi Survivor isn't performing to our standards for a percentage of our PC players, in particular those with higher machines or certain configurations, the company said. When Star Wars Jedi Survivor was released on Friday, PC players reported severe issues, including stuttering, frequent crashing, and issues wherein opening and closing the game too frequently as a result of crashes would lock players out of the game due to DRM thinking it had been opened on several PCs at once. Digital Foundry's analysis of the PC version called it the worst AAA PC port of 2023 so far. When as to the backlash, the game was subject to a six-week delay designed to achieve the level of polish our fans deserve. The statement to Twitter continues saying, while there is no single comprehensive solution for PC performance, the team has been working on fixes we believe will improve performance across the spectrum of configurations. We are committed to fixing these issues as soon as possible, but each patch requires significant testing to ensure we don't introduce new problems. Thank you for understanding, and sorry about it, essentially what they're saying. Uh, so here we are. Um, we've just heard Miles briefly talk about the console version, but the PC version, again, an absolute mess in a similar way to what, Cyberpunk 2077, I guess, was the last time it was this bad. Um, one, one could argue. Oof, it's in the same class as Cyberpunk. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we're talking like I mean obviously these survivors are not out for Xbox One or PS4, thank God. Um they've actually just moved on. Whereas Cyberpunk, of course, did have that issue. But the um yeah, the PC version seems to be pretty screwed. And well, not good. Not good for a great big old AAA. Indeed. The the there's a big problem with PC ports in general, especially well. I suppose it's not going to be a port if it's not on console, but um, the stuff that gets ported from console to PC generally has huge issues and has done for at least two years now. Um, it's not always the case. Uh, I think an exception is something like Resident Evil 4 recently. Um, there were people having issues because their cards didn't have enough VRAM, um, modern games ever since the PS5 and uh, the most recent Xbox have 
really come to the forefront of console gaming. Developers are starting to use a lot more VRAM on their cards, though. Um, and it's important because uh, if you don't have enough VRAM, you can't even play the game in general. Um, for example, I've got an 11 gig uh, card, and some games now are asking, or well, not far off asking, for a minimum of 16 gig. So you can play it on very minimum settings with 8 gig, I think, Jedi Survivor specifically. But a lot of older cards are just getting mulched. Um, and it's going to get worse. There's going to be games in the next year or two which are going to require a minimum of 16 gig VRAM. And like some cards, like the 4070 Ti, uh, well, just the 4070 alone, which got released recently, they only have 8 gig of VRAM. So it's going to become an increasing problem for PC games. But pivoting back into ports... Hogwarts Legacy is a big example. Dead Space. Um, the big games, the PC ports are very questionable. And it definitely feels like they've been more of an afterthought. Consoles, probably rightly, are being prioritized. But the PC ports are in general just quite poor. And it's a trend which developers really need to get a hang on because uh, I think PC gamers in general are getting really frustrated about it. I mean, it's understandable. You've paid higher than ever prices for these AAA experiences. Um, you're paying more than ever for your computer parts, like twice what you would have five, seven years ago you expect to be able to play these games to at least an acceptable standard. And that's increasingly not being the case due to the quality of many of these PC ports. And it's not just big AAA titles. There's been plenty of smaller, more niche titles, in particular for me, strategy games, where um, they have had launch issues with both stability and frame rate, uh, and just all sorts in general. So either they're not getting enough QA, and they're not picking these up, which I doubt heavily. Um, like, some of these issues are very obvious from just cursory playing of the games. Um, or they are not giving enough resources to get the issues fixed. Um, and, well... That's that's increasingly becoming a trend, which I hope people discourage. Like, there's been so many games on Steam recently which have been review bombed at launch because it's so difficult to actually get them playing to an acceptable standard. And some of these review bombs are unwarranted. Like, people do tend to go heavy and. Uh, probably over-exaggerated at times. But there's plenty which are very much justified as well. So um, it's a sad trend of today's uh, PC gaming. Um, I hope it's a trend which we see reversed soon. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, they've taken all the money, but they've still got to fix the game. That's the world that we currently live in. Um, Kat, I remember you saying a while back that um, you didn't jump on Cyberpunk because of kind of the issues that it had at launch and how you didn't mm -hmm. you wanted to wait until it was all nice and shiny. 
Um, I know yeah. you're probably not going to jump into Jolly Survivor, but um, is that something that you think is quite important? Do you want to keep that sort of tradition going whilst these AAA games sort themselves out after launch? Like you'll get there eventually. I do. I, I do, but I don't think that should be a precedent that's set for the audience because this kind of like, at the moment, this this kind of, and I don't know how long this is going to go on for, but it seems like we're only going to be able to use crunch and COVID as an excuse for so long. There was a reason that so many delays happened over the COVID course. You know, games were in development for many years, so we do have to take into account that there will be like a, I guess a, uh, like a very big stop gap on a lot of um, games that were in development. You know, it takes quite a while to develop any kind of game or bigger games from, you know, two years to six years to seven years to nine years. You know, and Xbox's mystery sequel last week that has 10 years of development. Um, but I don't think this should start to become the precedent of like, we know it's absolute shit, but we're going to release it anyway, make you pay £80 and we'll figure it out later. Like, it only really works with Skyrim. It can only really work, um, you know, once you know, once or twice. If that starts to become the norm, people aren't going to buy your game. And, and I, I don't know what the pull is. I don't know if it's greed. I don't know if it's competition. I don't know. Because if it's competition, for example, so if they're like, well, we want to be up against Zelda, we want to get in before Zelda releases, great. We haven't done yourself any favours because you've released your game before Zelda like Zelda releases and Zelda is still the better game because it's, at the moment, as it stands, even when it's not been released because your game runs like ass. So you haven't you haven't given yourself a leg up at all. Actually, what would give you a leg up is being really fucking like, honest with your audience and your consumers and saying... Do you know what, guys? This isn't up to scratch, and we're sorry, and we know it's really, really frustrating, but it is what it is, and we're going to make it really, really good. And I, I think I agree with um, the tweet that we kind of sent out, or um, you sent out on the um, your kind of personal account with virtual, or whether it was our finger going to chat or your personal one, Ross, where it's like it's very typical of them to write a statement the day of release. That that's not a coincidence. That's not like a oh, this is such a shock. This is such a shock and a disappointment to everybody at the studio. No, it fucking isn't. You've known that for weeks. And, like, it's kind of one of those things where people were, were comparing it to Days Gone. Very much people are very beloved about Days Gone. I love Days Gone. I played it very, very late. I shouldn't have to wait for a game to get good after its release. It should be released as I'm intending to buy it. I don't go into a shop that's maybe not Marks and Spencer's and buy a half drunk can of Coke and hope I'll get the other half later and pay the same price for it. It doesn't work like that in the normal day-to-day market. It shouldn't work like that for digital markets. Um, So whilst I'm doing it for like, I just don't want to play a shit game, if studios are going to start to do this, then they're start they're going to lose revenue and they're going to lose money because of the, as well, if you want to think psychologically about the attention span of people and that's not to say people have uh, have got a poor attention span i'm saying society in general when it comes to music it's very proven that you know music stays a lot less in the charts now than it did 50 years ago uh, because there's just more and more and more music we have things like vine where it was like re-studied to show that it's actually um like impacted children's and teenagers attention spans because we have all this really instant gratification of content 
So there's only going to be so long that people are going to say, why am I going to pay £80 to play a game that runs like ass? And by the time that I actually will wait for it to not run like ass, I'll be on the next game. I'll be on the game that actually has been honest. I'll be on the next game that has been um, honest with its community and decent to its community or delayed itself because it knows it plays like ass. Cyberpunk should not have to take the fall and then it be acceptable for every other game to do regardless of where it comes from, regardless of its franchise. If that franchise, like, that franchise is Star Wars and it's getting fucking shot on. You are not invincible to shitty products just because you're from a Star Wars franchise. Um, and you shouldn't expect that people should spend that amount of money and not get that kind of quality. Um, so, in answer to your question, I will continue to do that, but soon it's going to get to the point where there's going to be so much I want to play and so much in my backlog that that game is going to take a backseat for five, six, seven years and then you're going to have a delay in markets anyway because people are going to start to expect it so that they're not going to sell well at all and then you're going to get to companies go under and then you're going to get studios closed down because nobody's buying their content because they have a reputation that their games are not releasing in the quality that they should have been five, ten years ago you're a really good point the graphics cards are, are hard enough to scratch but is that really an excuse for poor um, products? No. Delay your game. Don't apologise. Don't ask for forgiveness when you could um, when you knew you were making a mistake in the first place. Yeah. Excellent points. Excellent points. Thank you. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. That was a wonderful uh, answer. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I expect a 3,000-word essay about it on fingers, not there. Okay. Uh, by end Monday. of day. End of day. <laughs> yes, boss. Yes, chief. <laughs> Maybe I will do a little bit of an op-ed on it. Yeah, why not? I, I think. Yeah, why not? I think you're in a unique situation because 99% of gamers have no patience, and so they'll buy it on day one regardless. Yeah. Um, and I'm one of those people. I'm like, yeah, I'll fix it. We'll be fine. And then I go, damn it, on the backlog because you're like this fucking ass is like I've just waited eighty yeah. quid. Like it, when you buy an Apple phone day one for five hundred pounds, it doesn't run like ass. Mm. It runs like the Apple phone. It was meant to. Then it's supposed to. Okay, maybe it has an update a week later, but it's not significantly like you can't make calls or texts or download apps on your new Apple phone that you paid five hundred pounds for. It's like oh, yikes! The Apple thirteen can't take photos for the next six months. Can you imagine Apple doing that, releasing a phone that, that didn't have one of its primary like mechanisms? Not Apple. No um, it wouldn't happen. And people will, and that's why people continue to buy Apple day one. They line up in the streets that morning. They'll get rid of the phone they bought twelve months ago, and that's that's trust. Going to lose always, a lot of people's trusts very quickly. It always baffles me because this is the only industry that gets away with this. Like, if yeah. there was an album, like Taylor Swift's next album comes out. And it's like, oh, we'll add the bass in about a week. Um, just have the literally, album now. We'll add li- the literally, piano have the album now. There's like six more songs to come on, but we still expect you to pay the same price, like now. Mm. But actually, we'll just add it all later. Like, oh, you, you want to attend a concert? Okay, well, the concert's on Wednesday, but they won't come on until Thursday. Oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> it's like movies. It's like, yeah, we'll finish the CGI in like a Imagine. week. There'll be green screens everywhere. If you were to be like, Odeon were charging you like the £50 billion pounds that they charge you and be like, oh, but you can um, you can only see it in grayscale. <laughs> and you don't know that 
until you're sat in the seat eating your popcorn because they yeah. haven't told you that. And then what happens is, is a cinema attendant comes to your little thing as you're leaving and putting your popcorn thing and being like, really sorry about that, really sorry about that, really sorry about that, we'll do better, we'll try and get that colour up for the next person who watches it. Mm. Can you imagine? I bought a brand new book, but there's all these typos are going to be removed in like seven days. So just brand new book. we're just going to add the ending in like a month. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's actually the, only... the words start to like form backwards after about chapter four. <laughs> like all the words are backwards. So you can still read it, Ross. That's the thing. It's still there for you to read, but it's just going to be harder work. Yeah. <laughs> this is the industry that we love so much. We love it, it wild, but like, it come on, come on! But it also creates a wider problem of like that that age old saying, and I think we said this before. Like you, you pay for the quality that you get. Well, we were talking about this with the controllers. You know, they, they are contributing to that to that kind of um, discourse of like, well, what kind of quality should an eighty pound game be? Because eight pounds fucking a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> I expect that game to take me out to dinner almost because I've taken it out to four dinners. Mm. That's a lie. I've taken it out to four like McDonald's. <laughs> I'll expect dinner before you let it fuck me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes. Anyway. Disney. Um Disney. What about Disney? Disney? Disney, Disney or Disney? Oh, Disney. Disney hurts. Disney went on a walk. To... No, I'm kidding. Disney? Okay. I'm, I'm just going to cut this bit out. I don't know what we're doing. You said Disney. Why? I know. Well, mine doesn't matter. Bring a Disney into it, bro. <laughs> what I will do is bring, is, is, is get to Miles Thompson and bring EA into this because um, I want to, to um, divert your memory back to a little game called Star Wars Battlefront 2. And. Classic, like no, I'm thinking of the really old Battlefront too. The re- um, not that one, I'm afraid. Not not the one that worked. Um, but the Battlefront two that came out several years ago now, and had a battle pass, all those microtransactions. Everybody went absolutely batshit crazy. So batshit that Disney themselves came down and shouted at EA very publicly about the quality of the game. And now we have Survivor. That's a bit pish. Are EA the right people to move Star Wars forward? No. <laughs> and unfortunately, I think we've known this for a long time. And I think the only saving grace is that that 10-year deal has finally expired and other companies are now getting to make Star Wars games. I can kind Where of are they? I know. Your Star Wars game. I know. We've got the Quantic Dream one that's coming in like 20 years' time as well. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that's still a thing. Um... Like I said before, it's such a shame because Survivor at its core is a really good game and it's marred by technical problems, not the game itself. But it just it's just EA. And we said this throughout the whole 10-year thing. And I was one of those people who also... I played Battlefront 1, the new uh, duo of games, um, on release. And I was like, I can get on board with this simply because I just love like Star Wars. And we'd been deprived of a Star Wars game for ages. And when Battlefront 2 was coming out, I was like, I'm not going to get it. And then they said, we're going to add single player. And then they said, there's going to be uh, Darth Maul on it. And I was like, fuck's sake, they've got me. And I bought it on day one. And that was when I was like, yay, suck. And so I didn't buy Fallen Order day one because I didn't trust EA. Um, and it's such a shame because Battlefront 2 
could is also a very good game now, but it's like five years on from when it first released. And this is like the trend that both Kat and Yog have been talking about of, you know, you buy things now and you get the game in six years time when you've moved on to hundreds of other games in that time. Um, and it just shouldn't be like that. And I think EA are the quintessential company that are just summing up what this industry is at the moment, which is there's no regulation around things like the refunds or what your rights are as a consumer. And in Australia, the government is literally taking them to court and is introducing legislation to make sure that you can get refunds on games that are physically broken when you play it and it doesn't work. But for some reason in this country, if you buy a video game, Apparently, you're not entitled to get a refund if it doesn't fundamentally work, which is baffling because in every other industry, you have those rights. And they're just getting away with it for as long as they possibly can. But I think Survive is another example of that. And I don't think Disney are going to come down on this one just purely because it's been reviewed very well by critics, which I think is also a bit of a problem of like the disparity between what critics have said and reviewed about Survivor compared to what most people's experience of playing the game is and i guess there is an argument about the game itself is great the technical problems are really bad how much do you weigh up how much that affects your overall score of a product like you know in its totality um totality rather but yeah there's just a lot to it and i feel like disney will probably be hawking on this and thinking thank god that deal has expired and we haven't renewed it we need to get other companies involved to make some good Star Wars games because the fan base deserves it. They stuck with, you know, shit movies and all sorts of bad stuff. And all we want is just a fun Star Wars game that works and plays well. And Fallen Order was that. And we just wanted more and we didn't get it. So, yeah, it's just sad. I just want good Star Wars games, man. Is it just me or is it like Survivor? The turnaround of Survivor was fairly quick, wasn't it? Yes. And this is the other thing is that EA boasted of this. They were like, oh, we've managed to build Survivor in like the record amount of time for a video game. And everyone's gone, uh huh. And how did that work out for you? Mm. <laughs> because it's like they had all the foundations and everything from Fallen Order. They just had to obviously build expanded worlds and new landscapes and a new story and whatever. Um, but I don't think anyone would have begrudged if they said, we're actually going to take an extra year. We're going to do the full lifetime cycle for the sequel again. To make it good. I think everyone would have been like, cool, do that. That's what we'd want. I would much rather waited another six months and then played Survivor on day one where it was perfect rather than play it now where it is imperfect and is a bit of a mess at times. Mm. It's just like Kat said, they're just shooting themselves in the foot by just throwing it out the door and thinking people won't care. Like they knew full well what these problems were. The QA testers will have absolutely have been seeing and spotting all of these problems. And like I said, their statement that you know, it only addresses PC players and says some of them or a proportion of them and doesn't even acknowledge that there's any problems on the console versions and that there are wider issues with, you know, their practices. It's it's annoying because EA actually and Respawn got it right because there's no, as far as I'm aware, microtransactions in this one. All of the up, like all of the cosmetics are in the game pretty much automatically aside from the deluxe edition content. Like for once, EA was had a winner. Like they were going to get a pure, unadulterated win, and everyone was going to be like, "Cool, EA, good for once." And then they <laughs> fucked it. <laughs> they dropped the ball on the finish line, which is disgusting. Um, but yeah, I think Disney will be looking at this and thinking, "Thank God we can finally get some other studios involved." Like Ubisoft, you never do anything on. Oh, uh, yeah, they they certainly won't have any uh, XP boosters. <laughs> <laughs> or any other microtransaction bullshit in there, as I'm sure. 
and Quantic Dream, who are not controversial at all. Yeah, they're not problematic. They've got no yeah. issues going on in the studios. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's good. Video games are good. Don't question the industry. Everything's nice and rosy. Bad stuff never happens. Just I have gives... a question. Yes. What's so bad at Quantic Dreams? I've, I've, have I been living under a rock? It was, ki- it was kind of a thing for a little while, but it was kind of brushed under the rug pretty quick. It was like a toxic workplace culture. Uh, oh, David Cage okay. is apparently a bit of a creep and there's like again kind of sexual assault kind of related stuff for fuck's sake yeah game developers keep it in your fucking pants for christ's sake it's just just ridiculous isn't it like just Mm. it should just be a nice workplace just get on with making games and stop being assholes to your employees like hard become human is a big allegory for racism um and i will stand by that till the day i die yeah (laughs) Oh, 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 so all the androids sit at the back of the bus. I was like, come on. It was so <laughs> on the sick. nose. It was so on the nose. That bus scene is just tragically like poorly handled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a god awful game as well. So it's like it's just a just a combination of horrific, horrific things. Well, 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 well. The so game itself game, is good. What, 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 what was what? your game of the year then, Ross? It sounds like. Oh, Detroit, yeah. Oh god, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the outdoor sent by cyber like, fuck off. Did did you like heavy rain? No. Hang on a minute. Why are we why <laughs> I knew would come in eventually? Yeah, but you were just waiting, why you were we, baiting. Why are we slagging off Detroit become you? Why are you slagging like why? Uh it's Quantic Dream. And why? and Yogdog was asking about Quantic Dream. That's fine, leave Detroit out of it. Detroit is their most complicated game. It's like Bandicoot. It's like complicated how? Because, oh, because of, of the like the undertones. Because of the undertones and the allegory for actual racism. Um, all the uh the you know the sexual abuse and all that stuff. Uh, it's uh very controversial. This industry about, is great. Uh, I knew about Activision but uh yeah, Activision, Blizzards and uh Ubisoft and stuff have had problems, but yeah, I didn't realize they did. Yeesh. Basically, everyone does. You just got to wait until they get called out for it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like a way. <laughs> yeah, it's like the anomaly is a company that doesn't have these kind of allegations against it's them somewhere. Fucking yeah. scary, really. The extent that it takes place. Like the episode of um, we did episode one fifty, and all of the stories it was just pure misery about the game industry. And yeah, it was a shit couple of weeks. We finished the episode like man. What a terrible industry we've decided to follow for 150 weeks. But there we are. Um, it's it's not going to get any better anytime soon, although I hope it does. Um, for the sake of a lot of people. Um, particularly those who are in Contact Dream, who now have Star Wars. There we go. We're back. Star Wars. Uh, so, yeah. We still don't know. Uh, we've seen glimpses of what Contact Dream are doing. We've seen nothing what Ubisoft are doing. Um, they're keeping their cards very close to their test on this one. Um, hopefully it's not a Beyond Good and Evil 2 situation that actually does come out we actually see it working and running that'd be nice or Skull um, and Bones you know that game that's Bones. that's apparently been coming out like four times in the last year that's been delayed <laughs> see, again I'm actually friends with one of the people on Skull and Bones and obviously I can't say anything much but yeesh 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 I get it it's like Take the most popular thing from Black Flag and expand it and make it interesting. 
I get it. But man, just do it also. Finish it, maybe. See, the problem yeah. is it's taken so it's gonna have the Duke Nukem problem. It's gonna have been taken so long to make it. It will have fallen behind in both game design and graphics and all sorts. Mm. It's never gonna live up to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the core premise or the core gameplay loop in Black Flag was great and it was a really enjoyable aspect of it. But it was also what? Ten years ago, almost not far off. It's pushing it now, yeah. I would yeah, say, so. yeah. It, it's gonna, it's gonna feel rough. I think on launch. And I think this is the Microsoft problem as well. It's like, while whilst they're dealing with this entire merger, you know, they've got thirty studios, thirty plus studios, doing something apparently, but we don't really know what they're doing. You know, if like if we knew like the 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 winter lineup for Microsoft. Then maybe the mergers news wouldn't be as interesting because at least we'd have something to look forward to down the road. I might have still the ones that are doing that quadruple A game or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they're making it with uh, the initiative who are working on Perfect Dark. Um, but of course they had to get Crystal Dynamics in to, to help with that. Um, so two studios are working on that. Um, they've got what contraband, Indiana Jones. And a couple other things, but that's it. That's that's three games out of thirty-five studios that we know about. Uh, and it, I don't think any of them are actually close to release, are they? No, like... not even. And Fable again, that's not even close. Fable hired a lead writer last month, I think, or two months ago. Um, so you know, it's got it's got a long way to go. I suppose we got the uh, Starfield now, because Starfield, the... I guess, is their main one. Yeah, for sure. What are you talking about? We got Redfall coming. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Man, that's only, that's, that, that's, that's only two days away. Shut playing... up. Is, Shut anyone, up. is anyone excited about Redfall? We're playing, I'm going to play it. I'm going to check it out. I'm excited to hate play it. <laughs> well, I'm going to check it out, but you know, I'm going to check it out on Game Pass. I'm not going to buy it. But yeah, it's a Game Pass thing. and like yeah. it's. I feel like Game Pass, if it gets released on not. Redfall specifically, but any game, if it's been advertised as it'll be released on Game Pass, that's a surefire seven out of ten. <laughs> I will, uh, I will play it on cloud gaming, and I'm at work <laughs> just, just to justify Microsoft's future ambitions. Uh, right then, uh, let's get to some good news, I guess. Finally, or we could just skip this. Sony could break console sales record this year. Um, congratulations, Sony. 25 million PS5s um, are going out the door, which means it's going to smash the PS2 record of 22 million units from 2002. Um, Hooray, good for Sony. Happy days. I think uh, it's good to see that they've finally got their supply issues sorted, so it's not impossible to get a PS5 in a lot of places without having to deal with a scalper. So that's always a plus. Uh, but twenty five millions a ridiculous amount. That's yeah, that's pretty nice. So Sony can pay for our drinks next next week when we go to the pub. And again, we still don't really know what they're releasing this year either, because they're being incredibly quiet as well. Mm. So you know, one day we'll know. One day in this, at some point this year, we'll know everything. But today is not that day. <laughs> Today's not that day. We'll see what happens. Is Spidey going to make it this year? Who knows. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's the only one which is actually like relatively close, isn't it? We don't know anything else. Well, who knows? I mean, we've heard that, yeah, but 
you know, we saw that, we saw the teaser in the showcase. And what, that was it? They play in the summer, release in the near winter. And then that's all Sony have to do to win this year, to be honest, because Microsoft haven't done anything. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's true. Uh, No no E3 this year, or like anything similar means it's, yeah. Yeah, I know Microsoft will have their showcase, but, you know, it won't be for this year. It'll be for games that come out in six, seven, eight years' time. <laughs> oh, we announced this game, it'll be a logo, and then we'll never see it again until 2034. If it ever comes out. If it ever comes out. Um, all right, let's skip to recommendations then. Cal, what is your recommendation for the week? Oh my gosh, what is my recommendation? That's a fucking great question, Ross. I'm so mm. glad you've asked me. You're so welcome. Um, my... You're not allowed to say uh... Detroit Become Human. <laughs> Why not? Why can't I say that? Because it's not a recommendation. It's a, it's a torture device. How day. <laughs> um, I actually recommend... This is going to sound really strange, okay? I... <laughs> so sometimes I'm really snobby on, like, brands. So, for example, I always have to have Heinz beans. I don't mind about ketchup so much. Um, But, like, Heinz beans is not my thing. Like, if it's certain coffee, I'll do it if I'm desperate. But, like, really, I, I stick to a couple of coffee brands. Anyway, wine gums. Love, love wine gums. Obviously, Maynard's. I don't want any, like, random Woolworths wine gums or Pick and Mix wine gums. They're awful. Anyway, somebody sent us, um a very kind enough to send us, like, a little Easter package. And they had Waitrose wine gums in it. And initially, I poo-pooed them. I was like... Oh no, ew, yeah. Honestly, they are incredible. <laughs> so Waitrose wine gums, which of course, like, it's Waitrose. I didn't buy them. I didn't go into Waitrose. I just got given them. And they have such an addictive texture. I can't even explain it to you. It's like a wine gum with a bit of a crust on the outside. And I know that sounds, now I've just made it sound awful because I said the word crust. But it's like, it's just, Listen, don't hire me for food advertising. I'm just not the one. Um, but I'm just telling you, if you ever go near Waitrose and you think, what do I know about Waitrose? And you're listening to the pub, be like, get some wine gums, because you won't be disappointed. That's my recommendation. Rusty wine gums. Waitrose wine gums. Specifically. Your, recommend- your recommendation is crust crusty wine gums. Crusty wine gums. Just believe me, okay? Get yourself some crusty wine gums and some Detroit Become Human and have a great night with morals <laughs> and crusty textures. and oh. oh, crusty textures and racism. What a night. You're going to be in for a great time. Racism. <laughs> oh, uh, Miles, your recommendation? Uh, mine is not crusty wine gums. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, it's Detroit Become Human. Yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, my recommendation is an indie game called Ocho or Ocho. And Josh knows how to pronounce it properly. I can never get it right. So I just call it wherever it feels like on the day. Um, it is like a top down, like bullet hell, not bullet hell, but kind of fast paced kind of shooter game. It's very similar to like Hotline Miami. Uh, it's fully black and white. You're a character who wakes up on a beach and you have to traverse like this endlessly expanding mansion. Um, and you have to like clear multiple rooms worth of enemies. Nobody can open doors, so you just have to kick the doors in so the enemies are like confined into their room until you boot the door in and then shoot them. Um, it's really fast-paced, and it's really, really fun. It's got like a slow-motion mechanic called Focus. 
Um, so you like slow it down and then you take your shotgun and you fire like six blasts at once and then you just watch the carnage like eviscerate everything around you. Um, and the black and white kind of color palette works really well because as you kill everyone, the map just gets covered in red. Um, there's like a handful of bosses. They're actually really uniquely designed and things get really, really challenging the further into the run that you get. It's just really good. It made me feel like I was playing uh, playing a Crank movie, which if you've ever watched Crank, you'll know what I mean. And if you haven't watched Crank, you need to experience the hell of it, as Kurt would say, because it's like just a thrill ride, high octane. It's stupid. It's fun. Um, and it just makes you feel I've like I've never a said that about Crank. I've never said that about Crank. I watched 10 minutes of Crank and I actually had to shut it off because I was actually, my blood pressure was actually rising with how annoyed I was getting. Yeah, when I said hell of a time, I meant like hell as in the literal manifestation of your hell. Okay, I thought you you were saying that (laughs) I said that Crank was a hell of a time. I was like, that's misinformation, my friend. (laughs) No, I was not saying that, don't worry. Um, But yeah, it's really fun. And it was made by a solo developer, which I found really impressive. Um, The fact that they've managed to create such like a really engaging and fun roguelike uh, shooter game. It's just really cool. What's it called? Ocho. Ocho. Ah, yes. But, but it's spelled as O-T-X-O. Hotline Miami slash Jason Statham. I mean, slash Sin City. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh man, I love these fucking movies. We need another one. Please, Statham. Make it happen. What? Crank 3? Yeah, man. Oh, yes, a fellow crank appreciator. This has made my fucking week. <laughs> oh, man, I, love, I love the crank movies. They're insane. Can we just meet up and just watch the crank movies and uh, have some drinks? Find Chef Jellios. <laughs> Where Rip the this heart and bring it to me. Where the fuck's my strawberry tart? Chester <laughs> <laughs> Bennington's in any. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's in both of them, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, Shinoda did the soundtrack, so they were like, "Hey, let's get Chester in there. Why not?" Oh, his little cameos. He literally he says like one line across both things. And yeah. Just just appears. Yeah, I love it. Um, Young Dog, your recommendation for the week? My recommendation for the week is Shadow the Hedgehog. Um, it's it's, <laughs> it's an awesome game, which I've never played. Um, my brother has some. He loved it back in the day. Uh, my recommendation is going to be not necessarily Warhammer Fest, although... By the time this podcast is out, I don't... Will it be tomorrow morning it'll be out? Uh, yes, it'll be um, Monday morning. Okay, so, yeah, Monday, there's still another day if people want to go. So if you listen to us tomorrow, right in the morning, if you rush to Manchester, you might get in for a couple of hours. But uh, just Warhammer as a whole, it's um, the 10th edition is coming out in June, I think it was confirmed. Um, so that'll come with a fancy new box set, which is Space Marines versus Tyranids. Uh, there's no price as of yet. I'd imagine it's going to be fairly expensive, but um, it's got a nice amount of minis in it. Uh, and 10, from what I've heard through the grapevine, will be a lot easier for new players to get into. I think I mentioned this last week as well. Um so, yeah, I, I would just recommend giving Warhammer a look. Um, if you don't like the main game, there's plenty of other boxed games out there, like Necromunda, um, stuff like Kill Team, which is what I'm collecting personally. 
uh, and just even, I suppose, as a whole, to branch out. There's plenty of tabletop wargaming, which isn't Warhammer. Uh, I personally collect a lot of Battletech. Um, so I have a bunch of mechs from Battletech as well. Uh, there's a million other independent ones. So yeah, tabletop wargaming in general, uh, really cool. Uh, if you're even vaguely interested, you don't necessarily have to just like buy and paint your models, can play games without painting your models. Um, don't even need to play tabletop. Maybe you do want to paint your models, but tabletop wargaming is bigger than it's ever been. Uh, there's more options than there's ever been. I really recommend giving it a look, see if you're even vaguely interested. All right, cool. I've always been curious, in I, w- I want to do more tabletop stuff for the site um, because it is a, a growing industry. I, want to I, I might be able to help with that. That would be super sweet. If I can, yeah, yeah. if I can get you Warhammer shit every, every month, then I'll be very happy to do so. Yeah, well, I spoke to a few people today, and I'm not going to say what or who on on here, but um, I might have some news, maybe. Sweet, <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Yes, networking, fantastic stuff. My favorite thing in the world. What's our recommendation? I don't know. I've already got one. I've already got one. Um, hula hoops. But big hoops. The big cube hula hoops are fucking kick ass. Especially the beef ones. They're really nice. So go check them out. Hula hoops, but big. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. All of the handles are in the description below if you do want to follow us individually. Except for Mars, of course, he's smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, you want to follow our Patreon for $1 a month. That's about 70p. You can keep this podcast live on its various podcast setting services and keep the website nice and shiny. But that's it. We'll be back next week for episode 103 and for more gaming goodness. Until then, it is goodbye from Kat. Bye-bye. You said 103, by the way, Ross. Did I? (laughs) We can do 103 again. Maybe we can go back and listen to it and try and do like a play-by-play, but... Yeah, we're going to get a remastered version. 202! Yeah. 202. But yeah, TTFN. Ta-ta for now. I was way off. Fuck me. What's wrong with me? 103? No, 202. (laughs) It's goodbye from Miles. Farewell. It's goodbye from Yug Dog. Hello, mate. Goodbye. Wait, that's it. And it is goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. Disney.